0: Bar post podcast. We're back for another express post from the Women's World Cup. And yesterday's matches were so much fun. They were just so fun. Not if you were a Moroccan fan or a Panamanian fan, but. If you loved good football, they were good fun. So we can't wait to talk about them. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Yuggera people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Laudanik, Anna Harrington, and Angela christian Wilkes. So we must start with, obviously, the consistently big news of this tournament. Sam Kerr calf date. A calf date? Calf up top. Oh my God, Sam Kerr calf What's up,
1: Dodger? What's up with you?
0: <laughs> I, I, I've been fully world cupped, but anyway, we're going to talk about Sam Kerr's calf. So Harrow, a Sam Kerr, Kerr, a Sam Kerr calf update. Far out. I'm going to stop talking for a little bit,
1: please. Jesus, not the only one whose world cup might be over. Um. No, just kidding. Not to scare everyone. That is what happened yesterday in Matilda's camp, though. There was a a bit of a scare that went around. So uh, Sam Kerr, same deal, didn't train with the main group. Um, She had that compression bandage back on her left calf. Um, We know she's not playing the Nigeria game. That's already confirmed. I think our vibe amongst the press pack has got to be pretty hard for her to come back for the Canada game, given the four-day turnaround Um, and given you get – um, for context, another seven days after the group stage before the round of 16. In most people's eyes, it would make sense to take that extra 11 days, but we will see. Anyway, when I talk about a scare, a brief little scare to get sent through camp because uh, we had Katrina Gorey and Kara Cooney-Cross up and, of course, they're going to get a couple of Sam Kerr questions because that is inevitable, much like Sam, Co- Sam Kerr scoring is inevitable. Um, so Kara Cooney-Cross, everyone, someone sort of... Uh, did a really long question to her about Sam Kerr and Kara was like okay <laughs> and the person repeated the last part of the question just about Kerr and you know how do you do without her that sort of thing and Cooney Cross says it's unfortunate that Sam tore her calf before the game which of course you get the whole room going tore a calf she's torn her calf something long time out for ages and this press is still going and then obviously as soon as it finishes everyone goes Hang on, just wait a minute. And FA very quickly uh, cleared up to everyone in the room that um, it is not a tear. She's not torn her calf. And obviously we we can speak pretty colloquially about injuries. Um, and, and they wouldn't say exactly what her injury is. It does seem like it's a strain. But, yeah, they pretty quickly clarified it wasn't a tear. Cooney Cross had used the wrong word and was very much speaking um colloquially and mistakenly used the wrong phrase, but it it did end up sort of being the thing that came out of yesterday. Well, while we're on Matilda's, um, we did also see Alana Kennedy for the second consecutive day, had her load managed. She sat out training all together with Claire Hunt on Sunday and then yesterday, which was Monday, she um, was just doing laps. And they're very much, it's not an injury concern, it's just loading, but it does give me that vibe that maybe we'll see Claire Polkinghorn come in and start in our hometown in, in Brisbane. Yeah. Just the vibe with player management, nothing confirmed there, but yeah, that's the latest out of Tilly's camp. So no real movement on Sam Kerr is the the gist of that. Um, yeah. Otherwise I think everyone bar Kai, Simon and Kerr were training. That's
0: the Sam Kerr calf watch update. I finally learnt how to say it. Also, how nice is it that, like, if Alana Kennedy does indeed need to be, like, managed for this second game? Because as we know, she's she's played two games in a very short period of time after just having the worst injury run probably of her life. So the fact that there is that luxury of being able to just bring in Claire Polking on, very nice, very comforting. But let's move into the matches from yesterday. So we will start with we'll get the first one out of the way it was italy 1 argentina nil a very late cristiana giorelli header it was it was actually quite an even match up i think maybe people expected italy to be the more dominant force um but it
1: was actually not quite... me i tipped them to draw and then <laughs> they fucking go and concede a, a late winner thanks argentina for nothing um <laughs> Harrow's like,
0: I got problems with you, Argentina, <laughs> and you're gonna hear about them.
1: Um but yeah,
0: it was it was quite and well, it looked like it was heading towards a relatively decently entertaining, scoreless draw, but Girelli pops up with that very, very late header. It's a good start for Argentina, but a bit of heartbreak a good start for Italy rather, and a bit of heartbreak for Argentina, and he takes on this matchup real quickly.
1: I think you have sort of summed it up. It was it was very even, um, really exciting, um, bit of end to end stuff. I thought the winner was was fantastic, like a proper bullet header, like a real heartbreaker, like a Jarelli comes on and just goes, "See ya," like ruthless. Um, the other thing was with Italy um, that they had the sixteen year old sensation Giulio Dragoni who just took over this match in terms of, like, the narrative. We love it when, like, an emerging talent just comes through and shines on the big stage. And, um, yeah, she did exactly that. Like, just gave people something to be excited by. Like, I think a lot of people will look at this game as sort of the precursor to the, the bigger ones with Germany and Brazil on later in the night and with the time zone, obviously, um, being that bit earlier. But, yeah, when I was looking at Twitter while sort of tuning in now to the game, it's just, like, This is all everyone was talking about, the 16-year-old sensation.
0: Are we going to talk about the fact that she's been dubbed like the little Italian Messi or whatever it is and how lazy that is as a nickname? (laughs) Like you can find another nickname for her. Her last name is literally like Dragon with an I. You can find a cooler nickname for her. Um, I also liked, so uh, post-game... Jarelli was asked um, if she had done enough to earn a starting spot, and she just laughed and was like, You don't need to ask me, you need to ask my coach, because I think there was a little bit of contention about whether or not she should have started. She definitely showed that when she is on the pitch, she is gonna score goals. So that'll be a, a fun one for Italy next up, and a little bit of heartbreak for Argentina first up. But shall we move on to game two? Which was at The misses, the glorious misses, Germany six, Morocco nil. It's now the biggest scoreline we've had in this World Cup. Germany were just clinical, like properly incisive, knew what they were doing in front of goal. How much, uh, there was also just a lot of talk about Germany in the lead up about how they didn't look good and then they drop a performance like this. So how much are Germany just kind of clicking into gear at the right time?
2: i am having tech issues once again can you hear me
1: you're you sound better than ever
2: oh, but you well, are at the germany morocco
1: game so hence i've opened the floor to you
2: ah yes yes
1: um this was an interesting game i
2: don't know I, because it is the biggest margin but i feel like it wasn't the game that deserved the biggest margin you know what i mean like it was a case of germany are just yes really sorry mickey mouse really fucking good like I think they came into this tournament as favorites. It's it's not particularly surprising, but you just see like Alexandra Pop in the flesh and you're like, she's a shark. She is terrifying. She is just in the box. And then she just somehow gets to it every time and is just so sharp with her finishes. And it's always such a privilege to be able to see a player like her just perform the way that she does. But at the same time, I thought, yeah, Morocco, were not competitive doesn't sound like the right word to use, given the score, but they were still in it. And I feel like they were a lot more in it than say um, the game that was on after this. So Brazil, Panama, where it felt like Panama really had their backs to the wall, whereas Morocco was still trying to push forward. They were still trying to play like creative football, connect their passes, not go direct every single time either. Um, one of the big things I noticed, I guess, is just like Germany, uh, Really, really strong, and that's always like well, that's been a thing for quite a while. And when you've got, I don't know, the the Morocco girls, they just they're a little bit spindly. I don't know, they just don't have that bulk on them that the German team do. So they were just pushed off the ball a lot. But to their credit, they, I think they still there were some really great defensive moments from them. Um, Some really important tackles from Morocco's defense. Morocco's keeper didn't have the best game, Um, and yet you'd have to think that nerves would come into it as well for Morocco, so I'm actually I think it's kind of good for them to have had Germany up front and just kind of like get that out of the way, refocus, and also like they were still working on the things that they hopefully will be able to like bring to um their games against Colombia and Korea instead of kind of just like okay, let's just park the bus and like save our faces for now. It, it felt more like, okay, we're still going to try and play our game. And I think that might be advantageous to actually have that, that time doing that, even if it, you know, is more high risk. So I don't know yet. Yeah, um, I think it was a case of, I don't think it was a case of Morocco being terrible. It was definitely a case of Germany just being good, just very, very good, annoyingly good and yeah, so clinical and uh so strong on the ball and I like I really appreciate what I really appreciate about Germany is they're not whingy they just get on with it I really really like that I feel like there's been a couple of whingy games but Germany I don't really count in that category even though they do play a bit like quite a physical game anyway that's my thoughts on the game too long didn't read Germany just really really good I don't think that means Morocco are bad and I'm really excited to see what Morocco do moving forward Also up the Misses, so gorgeous, so gorgeous. She was just a lot.
1: Have you spread the word about the Misses, the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium for those playing at home? If you don't follow Angela on Twitter, which you should, have you you managed to get a lot of people on board with the name the Misses? looks spectacular by the way. What, 27K in there?
2: Yeah, it was um, fuller than it was on Friday. And Friday was like a, a really great, turn out given it was a midday game. I was like wondering how people got their kids to the game and then I was like, "Oh, they just took their kids out of school to take them to the World Cup." Hell yeah. That's what you should be doing. Um yes, the misses, I am spreading the word. There was like a group of guys at the pub beforehand, um and one of they were chatting about like, "Oh, they've had to take the Amy Park name down." And I was like, "She's the missus, Am and I Mrs. Like, nah. <laughs> no, no. I feel no, like no was I'm misses. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It appeals to blokes, which means that it's going to have, um, I think it will be picked up with quite, yeah, um, found my demographic, it seems. So, yeah. Um, and thank you to everyone who's, like, tagging me when they they use it in their tweets. It's very sweet. I'm like, oh, my God, I started something. I oh, wow. I've been
1: telling everyone about it, so, you know, before we know it, it'll be an NAAP copy. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I... Uh, feel the same way you do, Angela. Um, also makes me think, geez, England got away with well, I know we already knew this, but without Alex popping in that Euros final, just all-time great escape areas from the Lionesses, just quietly. I do quite like the, uh, the Jaws analogy. Um, you did mention the keeper. Uh, like, I think the probable low light, but also like from a neutral perspective, somewhat amusing was that own goal where she's punched the ball and it's gone into her own team at the back of her own teammate's head and then ricocheted into another teammate's leg and gone in for an own goal. I'm like, this is just such a calamity of, not even errors, because I think two of the three players involved didn't really know too much about it, but geez, when things aren't going right, like that happens. And uh, Morocco did get the ball in the back of the net once. It was offside, Um, but geez, German efficiency. And they probably felt like they left a few away as well, Germany. Like they had, I mean, seven shots on target, six goals is Pretty handy outcome from 16 shots, 75% possession. Like, this is just dominance in every sense of the word. And you, you get the feeling. It, it does kind of make, I think I think it might have been friend of the pub, Ben Williams. Apologies if I've mis-ID here. Said this it, it does kind of make that Germany loss to Zambia in the pre-World Cup friendly look quite funny. Um, they just look like they're focused, clicking in. They didn't even have um, Lena Oberdorf out there as well. Um, I think they might have a couple of other players that they're sort of managing through. They're one of the best sort of looking teams, I think, early in this tournament in terms of their slickness, their game style, their physical, they're strong, they're technical, it's all holding up. And they just have that sort of ominous vibe about them, which is great when you're on the same side as the draw.
0: Oh yes, the draw, but not very good fun. Like you mentioned, 27,000 at the misses. There was the whole section of German fans with their little flags, which looked sick. And then the Moroccan fans, (coughs) pardon me, post-game were just singing and dancing outside, just a sea of red and green. It was sick. This was a really great day for vibes, in my opinion, just off the pitch. And Arguably the queen of the vibes was Hindmarsh Stadium herself, which saw witness to Brazil 4-Panama nil. There was so much to like about this game, but we need to talk about Brazil's goals because it was just beautiful football. It was just so, so fun to watch. Ari Borges gets her hat trick. It was stunning, like... There was so much to love from this game. The anthems, both of the anthems were incredible. When they cut the music for the Brazil anthem and they continued singing, and obviously it was the whole stadium, very pro-Brazil, just a goosebump. Like I genuinely had goosebumps watching it. And then the face of the Panamanian girls singing their anthem, because obviously they're one of the World Cup debutants here. It was beautiful. It was such a good moment for vibes. And then Brazil were like, you've got your vibes and now you're going to have some good football. So let's talk about these Brazil goals because they were good. (laughs) They were so good.
1: Just the Ari Borges show, wasn't it? Like, like, I loved her emotion when she buries the first goal, like just sinks to her knees and like almost in disbelief and clearly just joy and everything, everything, all the emotion just spilled out. And then after that, she got to just like celebrate really casually because she scored two more. And also she had a chance to get the hat trick earlier. Instead, like, Controls this Dabinia ball first time brilliantly and shapes to shoot, then back heel assists to her teammate. And yeah, just uh, Beatrice Zanarato, who just made no mistake whatsoever with the finish, a really nice powered it into the top of the net. But there's not many players who can say that on their World Cup debut they scored three. I don't think there's any that can say they scored a hat trick and had a back heel assist. Like, next level. Mister, talk us through that goal, like you want to talk about the goal, the back heel assist goal.
0: I need to get it up on my phone because I don't want to stuff it up. So, Angela, if you have any takes on Brazil-Panama before you have to scoot, please do while I go find this goal so I can make sure I do it justice. <laughs> like an in-depth
2: play-by-play ASMR description of the goal. Um, takes on Brazil-Panama. Brazil looking good like and that what a cheeky team and what a cheeky goal. And Like a couple of the goals were quite cheeky, but the one that we're talking about is especially cheeky. I think, um, yeah, I, and I don't, I don't know what this, I don't, I'm not too sure what to take away from this because I'm not like very familiar with Panama, but the fact that they were like set up with that back five, defending for their lives and Brazil were able to find really, uh, clever ways to score, I think, bodes well for Brazil in that case um, and how they're going to play for the rest of the tournament. But in saying all of that, um, please mind your business, Brazil, stay away from us. Like, please just, I don't know. I love what you're doing right now, but I don't want it near me. Thank you.
0: Sorry, but mind your business, Brazil is an all-time quote from you. Um, I agree, though, because um, I said this to you. Someone, somewhere. Um, I live in fear of the Matildas playing Brazil for no other reason than they're due for a win over us. Um, and if they're playing football like this, I'm frightened. Even as well as the Matildas are playing, I'm frightened. But this oh, they goal. They just
1: tear teams apart. It's so good. That it's is... so good. So good to watch. Sorry, Marissa, carry no, on with this goal, because it is the highlight. Like it's. It is genuinely... I'm watching it as we speak. So am I. It is... Please, listeners, go
0: to Optus Sport, get it up on your phone, and just watch along with us because the fluidity of this movement, the one-touch passing, there's two kind of little back heel assists within this motion of play. It's just... It's exactly the kind of football you expect from Brazil and it's exactly the kind of football I feel like this World Cup has been crying out for because there's been a fair few kind of one-nilly sort of scrappy wins, which makes sense when you think about the sense of occasion. It's the first game of the tournament. People want to just get the win, but this was just stunning. It was liquid. It was like flowing gold. It was just so beautiful. Just go watch it. I can't do it justice, dudes. Just go watch it, honestly.
1: They remind me they also do remind me of the the Tillies and that they're so happy for each other when they yes. score goals. Like Dabinia didn't score last night and if you told me Brazil had won 4-0 without Dabinia scoring, I'd've been like Yes. <laughs> um but she had she had an assist and she obviously had a key role to play as I mentioned before in the best goal. Uh, one of the best goals of the tournament. I think it's probably that one. There was also one that Japan scored against mm. Zambia that was like just so good. So good. Um it, yeah fantastic they just look so wrapped for each other they're moving in um they just look so synchronized like there was so much fluidity in the way they played and I know they're playing Panama like it's their first game Jeez, I wouldn't want to be France playing them but a little shout out to the Adelaide crowd which is fucking phenomenal um a special shout out to the person who was wearing uh the bird suit in the Marta corner all night I've worked in, like, footy and stuff, and those mascot suits, like, you usually only meant to wear them for about 15 minutes at a time because you just get so hot in them. So I don't know how this person was doing it. The Marta corner was very committed, and I love that they um, unfurled that Tiffo as well when she came on. And the screams whenever she, when she was uh, getting ready, like, putting her shin guards in, and then when she got up from the bench, and then when she got substituted on, and then the first time she hit the ball, like, just every Marta moment, was losing its shit it was awesome it just looked like the best atmosphere ever and i think that's what that was the other thing that was so exciting about um last night's two games the germany morocco and also the the brazil panama was the crowds are sick like uh, sorry mickey mouse i've probably exceeded the quota of swear words <laughs> but the crowds deserve this like hindmarsh is a belter of a football stadium if you've not been there um and yeah just yeah fantastic and it looks to the brim and yeah it was it looked awesome like these we know we're getting close well they've already exceeded 1.5 million ticket sales and this is clearly going to be the most attended world cup ever because the hype train is just going and going and going and especially if the matildas can do quite well you just sense it's going to have that domino effect for the rest of the tournament so good night of football all round
0: Genuinely, it really was. And that was, I was going to ask for newsy bits and if we had none, that was it, that FIFA announced that the 1,500,000th ticket was sold to this tournament uh, yesterday morning. Johnny Infantino was there. It was uh, a family in New Zealand had bought the ticket and they presented them with a comically large novelty ticket to signify that it was the 1.5 millionth um, ticket. but. It's it's really unsurprising that actually everyone's gotten behind this tournament because I feel like and this is we spoke about this a lot in the lead up about how like oh people don't know what's coming people don't know what's coming now we're here you see one game that looks good you want to go and for a lot of these games there were tickets still available so the kind of snowball effect of you see one game you want to go to it you have a great time you try go again blah 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 blah. Um, I'm deeply unsurprised and between that between the actual level of the football between the diaspora communities all across Australia and New Zealand I'm so deeply unsurprised that this tournament is succeeding um the way it is at the moment and I just think it's going to keep getting bigger and better and that delights me to no end so um it's it's just really cool. Sorry, I just looked at my phone. I got a picture of the big canary in the martyr corner, and I just uh, I love a goose. I love a silly goose. Um, are there any other final newsy bits before we wrap up for today? Um, I just wanted to let our listeners
2: know that Melan caught a mouse on Sunday. So not the only high performance tournament going on at the moment. Apparently Mouse versus melon in our house is also an ongoing thing. Um, yes, uh, I won't go into the, what happened after he caught the mouse. It's a family friendly, actually, it's not a family friendly podcast. What am I saying? But anyway, but it is a relative of Mickey, so you
1: probably don't want to go into too many.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Mouse is alive and well. Wink wink. Anyway, I just thought I'd pass that on.
0: A very important update, almost important as Sam Kerr's calf, um, the melon mouse update. <laughs> um, if we've got nothing else, we have more fun games to talk about tomorrow. We finish the group stage with Colombia, South Korea, and then we start all over again. So Group A begin their second matches. We've got New Zealand, Philippines, and Switzerland, Norway tonight. So should be good fun because once you get through that opening game, it really is like, we're in a tournament now. We got to go. We got to do things. So cannot wait to bring you another fun episode tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, we're on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. <coughs> my voice, my goodness. Um, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. Make sure you subscribe so you get... These episodes right onto your phone. If you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. So until next time, see you.